electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Pre-market is taking a December CPI in stride. Five-tenths on headline is a little warm, but it's another month of sequential month-on-month decline, some cooling in services and energy. You got the 10-year yield close to a one-week low. Our roadmap begins with Inflation Watch. Consumer prices do climb year-on-year 7%. That matches the fastest pace in nearly four decades. We'll dig into the data. Plus calming the tech stock turmoil, the Nasdaq is coming off two days of gains and eyeing a third ahead of the open. We're also watching financials. Bank stocks bucking the downtrend last week. Investors betting that looming interest rate increases will fuel further profits. We'll also talk a bit about big bonus season, Carl. Indeed. We'll dig into CPI here and look at some of the internals. Um, There is some softening, Jim, uh, internally, uh, although energy was a big help offsetting right. airfares and used cars? Well, look, I, I think that what I'm seeing is numbers that we thought. I mean, I, year over year, we had 4.5% increase in wages. Here we have 7 I mean, that, that's why Powell has to do something. I mean, it's overriding what the, rate, what the people he really represents, the regular person. It's really overriding how much they're making. So, and I think that a lot of what's really up is not really calculated as well in there. It'd be like dinner is up a great deal. I mean, just it's up huge going out. This is up gigantically. So, I mean, he's got to find some way to do it. I thought what was great was when he testified yesterday. He just said, look, yeah, we're going to take care of it. And he did not say lockstep. He did not say we're in trouble. All the things that I heard from the really rich hedge fund managers, that he would just come in and just be, you know what, David, this is the end, and we're going to, like, kill inflation now. He didn't do that because that's not his style. Why do they not understand his style? What don't they understand about his style? They keep thinking about he's the same Jay Powell as when he first came in, where, you know, he would tell anybody that he saw a lockstep for, I mean, he, he, he learned he did. You think he learned through that period where they were raising and perhaps should not have been right. in, I guess it was 19. I was forget 19, at this point, 18, 2018. 19, yeah. Yeah. 18. I mean, look, it's possible. Why isn't it possible that someone said, wow, you know what? That was, Carl, that wasn't a good idea. Um, I'm not going to do that again. Well, you know, people don't just stick. You know, no, I should say Jay Powell has shown an ability to change. And so he went to the to Congress. You know, he didn't call anybody a moron. <laughs> nope. Uh, Dr. Fauci did. Um, but uh, the bond market, clearly, Jim, 171 and change is is uh, not telegraphing any angst about uh, Powell's direction. And, you know, you mentioned food costs. I we have a Powell bite, but I'd rather hear the uh, the Domino's bite, which yesterday yeah, said they expect food costs to rise three to four times a normal year. Take a listen. 
we certainly don't see inflation slowing down in our business. You know, we take a look at our our food basket. You know, as as you mentioned, you know, we see an eight to ten percent increase in the food basket uh, twenty twenty two relative to twenty twenty one, and we also see continued uh, wage inflation across the marketplace as well as we look forward this year. All right, so that's not used cars. That's the fear of this getting more entrenched. Right. I mean, this is it. This is the real life. I went to the diner and I couldn't believe the prices. I ordered from Domino's. It was too high. Uh, but the one thing I would say is some of these guys are creative. Wingstop. So they go to thigh stop. You know, Domino's will get the avatar. They'll make it so it's easy or just one less person. They'll have the self-driving car, David. They'll figure out a way to keep the margin. Yes. what you're saying. That's why Rich Allison, who is money good, is not someone I'd bet against right here. And or be able to continue to keep prices at a level where they don't decrease the number of people who can actually afford to regularly buy well, pizza. I think it, if this pace keeps going up, no, it'll be bad. It will be bad. But you seem to think it's going to work, that Powell will succeed here, that inflation will uh, calm well, down. I think that we won't a year from now be sitting here with a up 7% print or whatever the number is. When you hear how many people are... You know, which every day some firm comes out and says, listen, we're not, we're just going to fire you if you don't go back to work. Well, they're not going to be fired. They're going to go back to work. I think more people he's saying I listen to pal and I think he kind of said, listen, when people start going back to work and Omicron passes, you're going to see some lowering in prices. And I, I thought that was very good common sense. They're going to have to go to back to work soon because we're running out of workers at this point. Well, and uh, their stock holdings are losing some value. Uh, we don't have stimulus checks rolling out this year like we did last year. Credit card revolving balance in November up $20 billion, Biggest monthly jump since 2006. Uh, there's there's going to be bills to pay and you need a job to pay it. Yes, I think that's a really good point. A lot of what's happened last year was that you could stay home. Uh, that you didn't have your some of these everyday costs were were broken. Look at SoFi. I mean, you know, the student loans get away from it. Now, if you have to start paying for things, then what happens is you got to go to work. You can't just stay home. You can't just opt for it. I also think, by the way, when you see these companies say, listen, we're going to fire you. It's almost as if they're you know, thinking that, geez, you know, our insurance is going to go up big one of our great variable costs, if too many people get sick from Omicron. And they don't say that. But anyone who's ever run a company where you have two or three people who get really sick and then you get your premium and your premium's up, I think these guys aren't talking enough about how their premium's going up because there's people who won't get vaccinated. It does matter. All right. So if we um, if we assume that the Fed has this under control and the market's baking it all in. Uh, is that why the Nasdaq is coming off the best one day performance uh, in a while here? You got the Nasdaq up, what, 600 points in yeah, two days? I think that's right. I mean, we go back to looking at valuations. I mean, you know, there's people who are making, look, I thought the PayPal call, I should put the savage PayPal call. Uh, it was made by Jeffrey today. I, I'm going to quote that. It says, the poor optics of downgrading when the stock's down 40% off the highs is not lost on us. I mean, I think a lot of people say, OK, look, these stocks are down 40%, 50%. Find me one that I can get behind. Uh, get me into it, which isn't down that much. Get me service now. I think people are going back. They want these cloud names, David, but they want cloud names that are making money. They're not looking for SPACs. No, they're not. But I mean, a lot of the cloud names, even now, sport multiples that are that are high, but they're perhaps earnings. high given they're their earnings. ability to grow earnings. Not that they high, are but earnings. 
Right. Not on the ones that are on sales. No, not really come back. We we do have upgrades today of DoorDash and Shopify. And I know you saw the Barclays upgrade of Snowflake. Yeah. Yes. But Snowflake is the only one that I have said you can buy on sales. And that's Frank Slootman. Hey, I read Slootman's book. You ought to read it. I haven't read it. No, I don't think I will. It's not like a page turner like the book about the Sacklers or anything. Yeah, I'm not going to read it. No, it's more his book is really about how uh, using data lakes, Mm. you know, like not like Crater Lake, which is beautiful. Data, lakes of data. Lakes of data. Yes. But, you know, renting the cloud. I mean, it's a better business model than anybody else has. And Slootman is famous for being uh, taking no prisoners. He's a TNP guy. He is. So I like that one. But I don't like a lot of the other stuff that's kind of amorphous, you know. Amorphous names. So you're just you're still hanging with the names that you've hung with all. I'm hanging all the with Workday. I'm hanging with Salesforce. You're hanging with Salesforce. Yes, you're I hanging am. with uh, Nvidia. You're hanging with yes. AMD. You're hanging with Ford. They all have earnings. Right. Ford's even, not even that expensive. I mean, I'm not saying Ford's a tech company. I think Ford, although these days, given it, what, I think it, Ford's the, move the one. It's had. I think Ford's the one. How about uh, North American um, Truck of the Year, Bronco SUV of the Year yesterday at the North American Auto I Show? But that made sense. I think my Maverick should have been. But that's okay. Man, why don't you just t- take your victory lap here and step to the side? I mean, this is one of your best calls you've had in a long time. Because I, I think Jim Farley's a different kind of guy. In, in All right, Ford, you know, Ford versus Ferrari, Take he a wins. breather. In my Omniverse movie that I'm making, yes. Ford wins, beats Ferrari. By the way, isn't like Jonas likes Ferrari? I was just going to ask you uh, your Jonas. omniverse Even movie that you're making. Sell one Ford. Even yeah. yesterday, um, think of the EV race. This is Jonas as a marathon. Tesla's in the lead at mile 21. Everyone else is at mile two or still tying their shoes. How is that positive for everybody else? Well, we had a piece. We today. should point we should... out again. This is the analyst at Morgan Stanley. Yeah. We've had on. We like and who is entertainer been, and has been. He's like Cedric the Entertainer, good. Jonas yes. the Entertainer. He also was having an existential crisis a couple you, of weeks ago. Oh my God, was that was, just played out? Yeah, we were worried about him. I know. Death of an analyst. I Didn't thought it looked was good, but you he think it was Clonopin, or do you think he needed something heavier? I don't heavier? know, but he's okay. He's fine. He's like, I don't know. I mean, he likes Ferrari. I that, uh, he loves Ferrari. He loved why well, Ferrari was. And he clearly loves novel. Tesla. Clonazepam. Do you think Tesla's at mile 21 while everybody else is at mile <laughs> 2? I, I don't know. I mean, those markers, the last time I saw them were like in the Keys. You know, you got the marker one, and, you know, I think he stopped at uh, Boca Chica. There is just a sense when I read him that he's having the time of his life. And no other analyst is having fun. He, on the other hand, he gets up in the morning and it's like, bum bum, you know? Bum bum. He does the. But I'm bummed. No, he's got, he has personality, he has hey, charisma. He does, that's why the we fireside up- chat with QuantumScape was just, that was legendary. That's why we end up talking about it. He him. needs a sidekick. <laughs> you know, if anything, he needs a sidekick. By the way, I like it's, to be it's John worth noting that uh, Ford is up 17% this year, but Lucid is up almost 20%. Well, good, when that January 20th lockup, maybe someone's going to, Take expiration. Maybe someone takes advantage. The uh, the excitement EV is not abated. Obviously, we've talked about Rivian, although it, it came back yesterday. Well, you have driven, when you drove in the, the Lucid, wasn't it one of the most cool things ever? It was. It was. It was I early, drove it was one, early I, days. I drove one. Rawlinson was, was saying we still got to fix this and that. So I, I feel like I need to take another ride. The, 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 there are a lot of people who got their first ones and they want a little adjustments, but it's a luxury EV. Now, I mean, uh, Mark Benioff has every luxury EV, and what is his favorite? 
Mustang Mach-E. He, he has every one, so he owns them all. Yeah, he's a test market. Yeah. He just kind of buys a new well, I mean, one, some of his tests, others buy. Do they have roads in Hawaii where he is? I can't reveal that. Or does he just fly around? You, what, what, that's back? I don't know. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah. look, EV I like Ford. But you go EV back to T-O-L. the fact that my Chapel Trust owns Ford, and I mean, sold some, it's, it is our biggest position because it's going up a lot. Are we pigs? Uh, I, the, I don't think it's valued where it should be. It was undervalued. You're going to get a bigger dividend. But most importantly, Ford has this, you know, under Farley. If they don't make money in it, they don't sell it. So if you take a look at the Mustang Mach-E, it's, it's sold out. They're making more. You know, they are not even calling it. If you, if you offered, if you put your name down yes. to get the F-150 electric, yes. they've selectively called some back and not others because they can't make it. It, ah. took, it, you know, it took my Maverick. It took me 11 months to get it. Make it 10. Well, it's uh, look at Phillips uh, this morning talking about component wow. shortages affecting Q4 profits. I think Phillips was down 14. I, I was shocked that that they. I mean, there's a lot of companies that had the like Whirlpool, but you know, Philip. You know, I'm just looking at hard goods companies, and Phillips is the one that really got nailed. I wonder where the GE is going to get nailed in that division. You know, the, the GE healthcare division, wow. Dave, has yeah. been steady. Oof. Right. Phillips, GE, they're kind of... No, I know. You're, I don't know the answer to that. It's a good, it's a good question. But you didn't but even come to me. Where were you yesterday when Boeing got all those orders? I, I wasn't anywhere. Meanwhile, Airbus is out delivering them yep, yep, for three but, but years Bo- running. They, but, 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 but Boeing had good numbers. They sold 737 Maxes. I think that it's time for you know, Ryanair to come in and buy for the record, some record, You're the one who brought up Boeing here, not me. Yeah, well, I did. All right, so I'm bringing up great American manufacturers. Yeah, that's he brings not up been, Ferrari. That's not Ferrari's been a winner, manager. but you'll hang in there. Boeing is making a comeback. Uh, we're going to get to a bunch of calls, including one in the aerospace, as uh, we see a downgrade of Love. Also, some interesting calls on Lyft, Dash, Shop, Wells, uh, PayPal. I know you're watching, and Take Two. Take a look at futures here again as the CPI hasn't exactly spooked the market entirely. More squawk on the streets back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. 
Financials are looking to extend their rally one day after posting that fresh record close. And, of course, ahead of the big bank earnings due out on Friday. The sector today, entering today's session, up about 6% for the month. And that, of course, outperforms the S&P. We got Citi adding B of A to positive catalyst uh, list. And, of course, Piper upping Wells. Oh, God. If one more bank, I mean, it, it, Betsy Gracie from Morgan City, she had positive things about Wells. This is the, my chapels are showing it. This is the worst setup of match. You have all these people saying good things about Wells, and they're canning the overdraft. And then you got Charlie Scharf. Now, he's going to come on the call. I bet you he doesn't give you a single thing that's good. Not one. <laughs> and so now you have the big setup, almost back to where you were in 2018. And Charlie Scharf will say, you know, I've, we've made some changes. We have a lot of work to do. We're still not where we want to be in the operating ratio. We still have to deal with some of our technology. We're not where we want to be, and we haven't solved the government regulation. How is that a good story? Um, I mean, most of the upgrades have been about rate sensitivity. Uh, Barclays, for, I'm sorry, it's, um, it's City on B of A saying that they're, they're more leveraged to the long end, and you look yep. at what's happened to the 10-year, they're, they're going to benefit but more. I don't think he's going to say that. I think that's in the future. I think he has to deal with the past. The, uh, David, this the, bank is still in purgatory. Maybe, although the stock has gotten out of purgatory. Well, I know. We own it. For, trust yeah. I would love to sell something before this. Um, the investment banks had a great year last year. The Wells doesn't some, have any investment no, bank. No, there's starting to be some reporting now on bonuses, which, as you might expect, are going to be quite strong uh, on Wall Street, even though nobody's in New York City to actually spend their money. I don't know you where put, they are. Maybe you put in the air quotes around Wall Street. Well, why wouldn't I? It's There's like, a Wall Street one. Have you building. walked outside lately? I don't think I got a lifetime fitness you here. You can roll a, I don't know what, oh, no, down the street. I mean, people I have mean, to understand. Like when I got down here in, in 1981, things you were afraid again. to walk because you might be run over yeah, by big guys who are a, trying to get the exchange. It's a different world. Uh, Jeffries, of course, always leads the packet. Now we kind of focus on a little bit. It's a $10 billion market cap company. Stock has had, had a great year last yeah. year. It's going to be down this morning, though, a bit. Well, that's what I'm kind afraid of a mixed Jeff, picture. That's what but it's all Fargo. about 22 now, right? Well, and Jeffrey's so- went and ruined PayPal. There was a guy on Brian Sullivan's show saying, look, I think PayPal's the one. I think it's good. And right at the time, the Jeffrey's the downgrade hit, and the stock was nearly down eight and a half. This stock is up six, down three. Up we're, three, we're talking down about, six. You're talking about Jeffrey's research on PayPal. I'm talking about Jeffrey's the company and its earnings. Yeah, well, well I um, didn't want to conflate that. No, I just I thought it was a good opportunity, a segue to mention we'll, the downgrade. We'll talk about PayPal again more. We already did once. Right, let's early. go back to Handler. They increased their headcount 3,800 to 4,500 people. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, increase costs. But obviously, if your profit margins go through the roof as they have, you have the operating leverage to continue to add a lot more people. So we'll see. 2022 is certainly would seem to be, uh, even though the markets are still wide open, perhaps going to be a bit more challenging so you uh, think given the down. record numbers we saw okay. from Goldman Sachs, from Jeffries, from Morgan Stanley, from so many others. And that will result in very significant bonus numbers as well. I want to come to Citi for a second, Jim, really? because, I, you know, yesterday they said they're going to exit consumer and small business, but a marketing bank, middle market banking operations uh, in Mexico. Um, Jane Frazier certainly continues to move ahead in the plan that kind of what do they call it? Strategic refresh is what they're uh, calling you know it. Do this is? I, well, I think and that's no a great point. Yes, and that's why I brought it up, and that's why Radical. I'm happy to hear you say that. Well, look, when Vikram Pandit was running the bank, pre-Mike uh, Corbat, pre-Fraser, I remember he was asking me, what should we do to show how international we are? And I said, why don't you hold your uh, anal- an analyst meeting in Mexico City? 
And they were actually thinking about it because their presence in Mexico was so huge. But then the pro- problem with the presence of Mexico is I knew because I wanted to do I was doing some business in Mexico, and I wanted to use City, and you couldn't. Well, you, you weren't allowed to. It's not. But listen, it was big. Yeah, big. And they still will operate in Mexico. They're still going to have, uh, you know, locally licensed banking business in Mexico. But they're this is a big deal. I mean, remember when Huge. they when they bought these things? Oh my God, Mexico, City! All these all these franchises down in Mexico. City was so important there, and you know the, you, what they have. Uh, what Carlos Slim talked about buying. Yep. The band in Mexico. I, mean, I, I have to tell you that City, the City retreat. So far, has done absolutely nothing for the stock. It, well, nothing. it's had a, it's had a good move with the rest of the uh, rest of the group for the last two weeks. Yeah, but it's well but below its tangible book. One hundred thirty-three billion dollar market what's value. What's tangible One hundred thirty-three billion dollar market value. It's still, I mean, you know, yeah. They Blackstone. can't buy back. No, the buyback stock. Blackstone is bigger than City. So Tesla. Tesla's ten cities. Yeah, roughly. Strangely enough. Uh, we'll learn, talk a lot more about the banks, what to expect on Friday, some of these bonuses that are being reported at Morgan Stanley. We'll get Kramer's Matt Dash, count down to the opening bell, and we'll keep our eyes peeled as futures are off the morning highs uh, 10 years back above 172. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. NASDAQ has put together back-to-back gains for the first time since December 27th. Asia traded pretty well overnight. Actually got some light inflation prints in India and China, but we're still wrestling with CPI here, and the opening bell is coming up in just over five minutes. Let's count you down to the opening bell on what uh, Jim and I like to call hump day here, Wednesday at the NYSE. A little less than two and a half minutes or so before we get started with trading. DoorDash. DoorDash. Evercore comes up and says, look, it's time to buy. Now, I like this call because the stock's been in pretty much free fall. Uh, A lot of charts like that with Shopify yesterday. And they're saying, look, it's trough multiple. It's actually doing much better than people thought. It's delivering much more than just food, non-food doing well. Uh, They they don't have to acquire the consumer because they already have them. Uh, International expansion coming through uh, Wolf. I just think this is a very well-timed deal, particularly because Tony Hsu, the CEO, has joined the board of Meta. Meta. And I think that he is going to be a no—remember, he hasn't played for dinner. He can stand up toe-to-toe to anyone. But what about the restaurants themselves, you given like you're that? a restaurant owner? Um, uh, and, you know, I mean, terrific. if I go direct to your website, or although nobody can call, I cut out the middleman, you guys make more money, don't you? And I probably yeah, pay well, less. DoorDash is, well, any of these people has saved you 
if you have no uh, exposed outside place. Right. If you're inside, it's kind of recipe. I mean, I'm sorry, I'll just say it. Inside's a recipe for COVID because you don't know who has it. All right. Now, I'd like to think when you had tested. You you, you're, op- you're open, though. We are open. Things are okay. Good, good, uh, good weekend. Yeah. Yeah, but I have nice backspace. But I have to tell you that uh, DoorDash was. They got a lot of people's business because they offered uh, a very good plan for for restaurants that were struggling. Well, they also were big in the suburbs, which yes, which was no. Helpful. I used DoorDash at home. I, yeah. Look, I think Tony's shoes were remarkable. I was very, very critical of him when he started because they were taking a lot of money. There was no no differentiation, but then was there was tremendous consolidation. He offers a great deal, a great plan, and I, I'm anxious to see what he hit, what he does on the Facebook uh, board. You, you know, the Facebook board. It, well, it's not filled with, with by any means, with people who are uh, you have a nice McKinsey person, a PayPal, someone uh, Houston from a uh, house from Dropbox, uh, Travis, a CFO from L, from Estee Lauder, very good. But Tony is a very very smart guy. We've got a founder and CEO uh, who controls the company. Yes. Controls Meta. I think that when you have a say, you know what, I don't think that's a good idea for small business. I don't think that's helpful. That's why. There. What do you, like your phone? Yeah. Like I'm in the middle phone. of a soliloquy. To be or not to be, who are you texting? I'm not telling you. Carl's got the opening bell for us, Jim. All right, I'll have my, I'll have my pound of flip. Let's get the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board. It's ICE Fixed Income and Data Services at the NASDAQ Beauty for Freedom, a nonprofit providing therapy and mentoring to at-risk youth. They wanted to go higher, Carl, except for Biogen. Um, yeah, Biogen was down 10 pre-market as uh, Medicare is going to limit coverage. Got you know a lot what? of attention I, This yesterday. was a runaway trade, frankly, ever since the FDA approved it. And then the 10, 10 panel, pre, uh, 10 people, very respected people, uh, didn't like the decision and three of them quit. Uh, I remain convinced, and I own it for my trust, that, that the winner will be Louie. Now, Louie's down a lot. I think that's a mistake. David Ricks gave a very good presentation yesterday. Uh, JP Morgan and said basically, look, our tests are very different. They have a much bigger test. Uh, they can roll back plaque. Uh, the stock's going down, I think, because guilt by association. But I don't think David Ricks ever intended to charge the exorbitant prices that Biogen charge for a drug that has very uh, specious, specious uh, probabilities. Yeah, there's a lot in healthcare today. Uh, Quest, although. Uh, preliminary Q4 results above consensus, down four uh, this morning. Uh, Humana buying a billion of their three billion you know, uh, I buyback. Th- I think Humana was overdone. Uh, uh, I don't think that that deserved it. I think that that was an amazing opportunity to buy UNH. They didn't have that problem. I like Centene very much, Michael Nidorf. They're not going to do any more deals. They have a lot of cash flow. I think that group is very, very solid. Of, of all those, I think United United Health. That was at 500. Was stuck there. I mean, that's the way to buy. They're not going to have that problem. And they, they have Optum. They're really good. How about Pfizer cutting some sales staff because they believe physicians are not going to want to take meetings from reps in person? How many? How much money does Pfizer have to make, David? How much Pfizer? What? Yes. How much, how much money? money does Pfizer have to make? Now they're, you know, they're letting some people go. Pfizer's making so much money that people, I mean, you know, Pfizer and Abbott. 
Abbott is making a fortune off the buy next now. Yes, and Pfizer. Do you have the buy next now 40 pack where you have just one? We've got thing? them piled up at home. We've got a we've got a pile of, of them. How often have you office. tested this week? I don't test anymore. What? And, and nor will you? Please. No. Please. Why is it? I don't know. If I don't have symptoms, I'm not testing. I am not at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. But you don't test? I'm, don't I've test, tested three tell. times this week. <laughs> That's where I am these I days. have a mobile test. <laughs> don't test, don't tell. I test constantly. Now that CNBC knows that, though, they'll probably march me out of the building and force me to test. Why don't you use your, your, your Binax now? I will. I will if I have any symptoms whatsoever, of course. And where I think I've been I exposed. had no symptoms when I gave it to Carl. Sorry, Carl. We, we barely had symptoms at all. I know. I think Carson Wentz had more than symptoms because he couldn't possibly have played that horribly if he wasn't sick. Remember, he was unvaxxed and he got Omicron. He played, I hope it was Omicron, not Delta, but he played the way he did for the last year for the Eagles. And I think that, that when you, these, exa- these, these, these players who were non-vaxxed and got COVID. Yeah, that's not I, good. Ex- not good. Exactly. No. You didn't even comment on the firing yesterday by the Giants. Of Joe Judge? Yeah. That's five coaches, right? Uh, you know, listen, they're, I not mean, ex- they're not executing very well Well, I've been there. comparing teams uh, to players. It's not, it's to, to suboptimal. Our, our, or suboptimal. Yeah. I've been comparing uh, the firings to our business, and you know, Flores was like throwing away uh, Shopify. Flores was doing well. That was Shopify. And today we got an upgrade Shopify, because... You know, you threw the baby with the best. I agree. Flores is not. Well, that was not Nagy. right. Meanwhile, that, I mean, Chargers, that, Chargers, that Chargers coach, I mean, yeah. come on. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a indictable offense. I think that Judge may have been fired. Taking that last that, time out. That, that going forward on your own 18. Um, all right, guys. Uh, I want to talk a little bit. Oh, you're going to do direct TV dish? Yeah. I knew yeah, you were going to do I'm it. I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm do man. It. What? Why does that upset you? Because well, the surprise factor would be great if you'd said, <laughs> you said, listen, what I, I really gonna... want to do is Crown Castle. I don't no, know. No, look, and Dish shares are up. They were up yesterday as well. And, you know, it's funny. There was a, there was a talk around. There was a, 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 a desk, at least, one broker who was talking about it. They didn't put anything in print. This idea that, hey, Dish and uh, DirecTV are having talks about right. merging their direct broadcast satellite businesses. Um, the New York Post then writing it up, saying there are talks. Don't know. Uh, whether there are or not, but it's certainly on the face of it makes a great deal of sense. You know, TPG, remember when AT&T dispatched that asset, they yeah. own 30 percent of it, but they control it. And when I was reporting on this at the time, the, uh, the, the, the great hope for any owner of that asset is that you could combine it with DISH because the synergies are enormous, the cost saves are enormous, and you create a great deal of value from it. Uh, if you're Charlie Ergen, you are probably needing some money to continue your build-out plan on 5G. I mean, we've been waiting for some big press release, some big announcement of a partner there. You know, there are all these rumors. Oh, will Amazon come in in some big way? Will somebody give him big money? Because it is not cheap to build out a nationwide 5G, even if it's going to be focused on enterprise, wherever they're going to focus. It costs a lot of money. Uh, he's been able to raise it in the capital markets to some extent. I think he'd hoped his stock price would go up. Maybe he'd be able to raise more. That hasn't been the case. But again, structure of a deal with uh, DirecTV, do you just merge it in if he wants control? Would he really monetize? Anyhow, not to mention getting a deal done with Charlie Ergen is probably one of the single most difficult things to do in business. So. We watched just shares up, but we will remind people of how difficult it can be to get a deal done with Mr. Ergen. There still might be some antitrust, although it's hard to imagine. Uh, and 
there is going to be pressure on that on that business that is the future for Dish, which is namely creating a 5G nationwide network, as they have said they will do and have certain timelines to do it in and raising enough money to be able to fulfill that promise. It's so expensive. Yes. Yes. Do they? I mean, they obviously must sit there and say, look, we don't have the cash flow to build it out the way it does. That's that's, That's the key point, Jim. I think, you know, there are ways to do things and architect things that aren't perhaps as expensive and you can... You, can, you don't have to be quite as robust in certain areas, but it's still a lot of money. Right. Even at the lowest numbers, we're talking 10. I don't even know what the numbers are. No. It depends on, on who. I haven't had a chance to talk to Mr. Ergen. And, and again, no can comment get here on whether. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I thought we would have sat down and done something. He's, I listen, ask I've always, about- I always enjoyed that. I enjoy his company a great deal. I'm uh, glad I never had a negotiated transaction right. with them, though. But. but didn't you think that, I mean, for instance, the Apple story, Major League Baseball, came and go, came and went. Yeah. What's the point on that, though? Well, I just think that this football package is worth a fortune. I see. I think, especially with, you know, we're talking about the number of people who play fantasy in this country is extraordinary. And the fact is, is that you have to watch even the worst fourth quarter there is. He's a fantasy, Carl. So it's a pretty good business because you have to watch the ads. You have no choice because most of your players, you got to find out whether it's a garbage play. If you have a great, if you have a great receiver, even if the team's losing, that guy's likely to get passes. (laughs) The idea of uh, people don't talk about the amount of money that the uh, why football has been so good. I think it's fantasy. Oh, it's. There's no mystery why the league has embraced it. Uh, it keeps you watching no matter what the score is. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jim, they're buying the Octas, the Docus, the Workdays, the Data Dogs. Um, I guess, you know, Tom Lee had an interesting point about some DMARC sequencing on the NASDAQ, uh, arguing that's the first confirmation it's bottomed. He says uh, deleveraging rel- you know, because the Fed is nearly done. You agree? Uh, um, I think that it can pause. I, I don't think it's done. I, it pauses and it lets these stocks go back up. But again, let's take Octa. That's a good one because I've been out there many times. Tom McKinnon. It is the number one way to be able to identify yourself. It's got a you know, passport. Basically, the way you get into an organization is, is that you pretend to be somebody else. And this is one that you can't get in. They're losing a ton of money. Um, so I don't think it's going to come back to its high. I just don't. I think that uh, Salesforce can because everyone thinks that uh, the acquisition they made, that MuleSoft's not doing well. My understanding is that's not the case. Uh, the understanding that Slack may not be that great in acquisition, my understanding that's not the case. Um, but my understanding about the chart is it's miserable. And, you know, there's too many people who are just looking, Carl, at the chart and just saying, I don't want to touch this stock. And I think that's a shame. That, that's not the right attitude. Now you have to look at the fundamentals because everything's down. And I'm not getting a sense that Salesforce is doing poorly. I'm just not getting. Yeah, that's interesting. Even the even the snowflake upgrade from Barclays we mentioned, uh, they go to overweight, but at a lower target. At, at uh, instead of three ninety three, it's three sixty seven. I wouldn't worry about snowflake. Frank Slootman is not going to let you down. He is just too much of a uh, of a visionary about the cloud, and everybody loves him. By the way, even though he's a tough guy. Yeah. Because what they did, what he did with ServiceNow was incredible. Created a lot of value. He's a value creator. He usually doesn't buy, you know, get into these larger companies. He likes to be in smaller companies. But this is uh, his baby. And if you read the book, David, I got an autograph. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be Buy copies of the autograph. Uh, we already talked about that. Not, not you probably read, like, the latest. What do you read? 
Right now, I'm actually yeah. reading uh, Private Kingdom. What? Steve Cole about ExxonMobil. Well, you're doing a special. Ah, so. stop. What I do? Nothing. I'm just trying to learn. I'm doing a special. I love Chevron. reading books like that. Huge, enormous tomes on corporate America. They're really interesting. There aren't that many of them. I'm not reading Frank, Sloop, Frank Sloopman's book, though. Can we talk about Robinhood for a second? Did you see that they're going to keep everybody remote forever? At least they have people. Uh, we're excited to announce Robinhood will be staying primarily remote. Excited. Now, that's the kind of thing that I've come in to In December, we shared with our employees our mission to democratize finance for all started with our people, and that meant bringing in and supporting Robin Hoodies, that's what they call them, who can best help drive our mission forward, no matter where they're based in the country. And the, now they say they've seen what flexibility looks like and trust in allowing their team to do their best work, attract top talent, create a workplace that's more inclusive and equitable. And so they have a primarily remote approach forever. Just the opposite of what they should be doing. Well, it's clearly the opposite of what Jamie Dimon argued Absolutely. on Monday. Absolutely. I mean, look, the idea that we're ple- you know, happy about remote, that's ridiculous. What you really want to be is if you're Robin Hood and you're in crisis, you want to be together as much as you can and try not to get people sick. Uh, Robin Hood needs to uh, get its act together and get its clients to stop trading Dogecoin and options so much. Dogecoin's a huge part of their business. I was working on a piece for Mad Money on how to fix Robinhood, um, and I gave up. Like, if, like, you think DraftKings and Robinhood will ever merge and just make it, DraftKings you know, doesn't need... Dra- the problem with DraftKings is like 17 the other thing, doesn't it? I mean... Do they feel like Robin Hood? Yeah, no, because DraftKings... It's like, am I betting on the game or am no, I going to buy... No, because Jason... Ro- oh, you mean like in terms of the gamification? Yes, yes. Uh, look, I, I met with a very frank uh, 19-year-old when I said, why did you move from... Why did you go to Robin? He says, I got tired of Candy Crush. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. That was a tough interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Dow's up uh, 90 to start the morning. Uh, still to come, the CEO of Novartis as the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference enters day three. Let's check on bonds, though. Obviously, it's going to be key to see how rates normalize today. We're hanging in at 172. And with that, uh, the S&P came off of 4740, about a one-week high. Be right back. Day three of the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. Meg Terrell joins us with a special guest. Hey, Meg. Hey, Carl. Dr. Vaz Narasimhan, the CEO of Novartis, joins us now. Vaz, it's great to see you. Thanks for being here. You know, I want to start by the news you had this week on a potential COVID drug that you in-licensed from Molecular Partners. The data look really good, kind of similar to the antibody drugs. How quickly do you think this might be able to get through regulators and out to patients? Hey, thanks, Meg. Great to be here, as always, uh, with you. This medicine in Visobep is uh, pretty exciting. It's a novel technology called DARPIN. Uh, it's a designed anchorin repeat protein that can target the COVID spike protein in three different locations. And what that allows this medicine to do in every in vitro test that we've done so far is to be able to neutralize all of the COVID virus strains of concern pretty consistently. Now, this was the first data we have clinically showing that the uh, medicine is able to reduce viral load, speed up recovery time, and have a 79% reduction in hospitalization and death. So right now we're uh, moving towards a filing with the FDA for an emergency use authorization. Our goal is to scale up manufacturing to begin to have supplies in the first half of this year with more scale up 
for the second half of this year. And the real vision here is to have a medicine that can be used, hopefully independent of which strain uh, COVID may mutate to in the future. And I understand because of sort of the way this drug is manufactured, you might be able to, to make it more quickly in larger quantities. What kinds of you know, dose levels are you expecting in terms of the number of courses that could be available? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a unique manufacturing process versus antibodies. So rather than using mammalian cells, it uses bacterial production, which allows us to scale production, bacterial cell production, which allows us to scale up production to much larger volumes faster, also has higher yields. I think it's too soon to say exactly how much we could produce uh, this year, but we certainly think we will be in the millions of doses, so more than a million doses. And really now the question is how fast can we bring that forward? Uh, again, assuming we get regulatory approvals and, and other necessary support from the U.S. government as well as other governments. But we're certainly doing everything we can to scale up manufacturing as fast as possible. And I understand Novartis is also working on perhaps a, a pan-coronavirus uh, oral medication as well, which perhaps could go into clinical trials this year. Just tell us about kind of how you're looking at COVID and what solutions are going to be needed for it going forward. It doesn't sound like you think this is something that we're going to be done with at any point soon. Well, certainly we've learned that pandemics are likely to be with, with us uh, in one form or another, and certainly coronaviruses. And the idea here is one of the critical proteins for coronaviruses, independent of the type of coronavirus, is called the main protease. And our hope is by designing a drug for that main protease inhibitor, it would be effective regardless of which coronavirus strain might come in the future. So whether it's a SARS, a MERS, a COVID, something else on the line. So we've been working on that now for about 18 months. We have identified a development candidate. We're working towards now getting that into the clinic. And then hopefully we'll have data over the coming coming year uh, years, I would say, to really get something forward. But that would give us an option for future pandemics. And I think both with the first medicine and Bisobep, as well as this one, we're trying to take a longer term view to provide solutions to the world. Well, longer-term view is something that I think a lot of people would welcome, especially as we're seeing what's happening with testing right now. I also want to ask you about some other news of the day, which is the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services coverage decision on the uh, amyloid antibody drugs for Alzheimer's disease. You know, I wanted to ask you about this because you and I spoke after Biogen got that accelerated approval back in June, and you noted, okay, there's this pathway perhaps for drugs in neurology, and, and maybe this is something that everybody in the industry should be looking at. Does the strict coverage decision from CMS change the opportunity you think you saw there from the FDA at all in neurology? Well, I, I think it's a unique set of circumstances we, we have here. One that certainly um, people who have been in the industry for long periods of time have not really seen before, where you have a set of trials which uh, weren't always going in the same direction and, and some data that's some, somewhat hard to in, interpret. I think what it points to is that even in neuroscience, we need robustly done studies that demonstrate not only a biomarker benefit, but also a clinical benefit for patients, for payers to want to cover, cover a medicine. I think it also does point to the challenge we face that there are moments where the regulator has a view and then reimbursement bodies have a different view. This is something we've contended with in Europe um, for, for many years. In general, we would be proponents for regulators and reimbursement bodies to try to align their perspectives. I do think that this is a pretty unique circumstance uh, with respect to the data and, of course, now the outcome from CMS. 
All right. Well, Vaz, we got to leave it there, but we'd love to have you back because there's a lot more to talk about with Sandoz, the proceeds from your Roche steak sale, lots more. So, Vaz, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Meg. Carl, back to you. Megra, thanks to you. A reminder, you can get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash investing club or use the QR code on your screen. Dow's up 180. Be right back. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. A lot of headliners out there in San Francisco at the uh, conference, JP Morgan. How about a non-headliner? How about uh, JJ Biennium from uh, uh, he is from Biomarin, had him on last night. He's got a hemophilia dr- drug that I think is going to be gigantic. Stock's not up nearly what it will be. This is just a colossal drug for a company that's really emphasized uh, orphan drugs. So people ought to recognize that maybe this was the star of the show. Got to give you a shout out because you yesterday you called the, the ion rates normalizing and that growth yeah. bounce. Oh. And does it continue? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it can. I think that people have to recognize that this was a rate tantrum, and it was not followed up by a, a Federal Reserve chairman who said, look, I, uh, he was clearly not tone deaf to uh, what's going on in the rate market. And a lot of people simply doesn't care about stocks. What he cares about is stability. He just wants stability, and he wants workers to make a lot of money. And he certainly wants workers to make more than the inflation rate. Right. So he has to do something, but he's not doing anything drastic. And I think he knows that that the numbers are going to come down. And when the numbers come down, people are going to go back to work. You're not going to have to have these stories. You're not going to have the Robin Hood story about people. <laughs> Never coming in. Listen, there are plenty be, are of people being who, paid believe, who believe that that is going to actually attract talent for companies that say you have complete flexibility to work Listen, wherever Dogecoin, you want. They're being paid in Dogecoin. Since that's like the principal different thing world. they trade. We may be dinosaurs, my friend. As we I are like not to say, dinosaurs. We are not dinosaurs. I continue to say they ruled the world for 300 million years. Well, <laughs> well, they had their time. Yeah. yeah. And it went on a lot longer than most likely homo sapiens are going to go on. Okay. That I mean, said, how about the market? Yeah. A lot of volatility This just in the last, this year. Is that going to continue? I mean, we're back to almost flat on the S&P. I think it's going to be an exciting year. There's going to be periods where... Uh, people are going to come on our show and say the Fed has to take action. They're behind the curve. And then the Fed's going to do the right thing. And people, then those guys are going to say he's wrong. And COVID, you know, no, Powell can't please anyone except for me. I'm completely, completely pleased. Yes. Although he's got CDC, white hair. He's got no CDC, Powell, two different animals in your yes. view. Yes. No, Powell's got a dead right. And he's no Dogecoin fanatic. Speaking of dinosaurs and carbon, you got Devin tonight. Well, right? Devin was the number one performing stock in the first quarter. It was a great story last year. And it's all Rick Moncrief, who's changed the whole paradigm, saying, listen, you know, we got to return money to shareholders. We can't just be the way that the late Aubrey McClendon was, which is drill, drill, baby, drill. He is a remarkable man. He is by far the leader in the oil patch. I love the guy. We'll see you at 6. Thank you. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.